This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. This is Steve. I'm here with Denny K. What's the, happening? The Luke Summers, Callie, and Freddie Camacho from CrossFit One World. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey. How we doing? Dude, Denny, are you flooded? You know what? I'm not. I'm one of the lucky ones, but uh, it's been raining like all week here. And a lot of my uh, friends at the gym, they uh, they got flooded basements, and some of the roads around here are pretty bad. But as far as my house and my yard, I'm good. My sump pump hasn't gone off once. Yeah, it's uh, out here. It's been Callie and I have been struggling. I think she took a nap today in the 78 degree weather. It's been sunny for like 12 days straight, man. It's awful. You're not supposed to repeat that. I was working diligently. That's on. That's on record now, Callie. <laughs> I, you know what I, I can tell that you've been working Callie I've seen that you posted up the recap of the power athlete series in Maryland I was just going through that looking at some of the videos of the lifts pretty impressive yeah it, it was quite impressive so you can tell I mean uh, I have I have been on the face page a little bit today What's yeah what, what was the series like you know what did they uh, what, what stood out the most I know you kind of briefly recapped it in that in that post, but could you add to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the, the series was amazing. Um, it was everything that I anticipated it would be. Um, you know, we had some great PRs come out. We had some heavy lifters come out, but, uh, it really, really did come down to, uh, exactly what we were kind of planning on, which was uh, a combination of athleticism and strength. And, uh, I was happy to say that the, the, the people who won were the people with the highest reps and the, you know, they, the big strength numbers. And, um, you know, you couldn't ask for more than that for something to replicate exactly, you know, exactly what you want power athlete to stand for can you talk about how the metcons were scored was it something similar to like how the open wads were or something completely different yeah so the scoring the scoring was um similar to the open just because uh you know the way that you can count the reps and judge them i mean when you have big groups like that it just has to make logistical sense so um it, it had to mirror that somewhat but in terms of the movements it was completely different um so uh so if you will uh, we'll put together some video of all the metcons and um that way you can get an idea of some of the stuff we did Kick ass, kick ass. Awesome. And we should tell the, the listeners that if you go to um, – I know they posted it on CrossFit Football, but it's at um, uh, Power Athlete. They have the video of, of I think every single lift. Is that right? That's correct. It's all on emotional game and should be linked up to the scoreboard as well. So uh, everybody can see the lifts and you can see, um, you know, you can see the standards for the movements and everything. It's a, uh, it's just an awesome forum for athletes to take a look back and, uh, and kind of, uh, get a little nostalgic about, uh, about competition. If you had to pick say one thing about the weekend, what was the thing that sort of stands out as the, uh, sort of exclamation point of the weekend? Well, you know, that Prowler competition in the very end was uh, pretty epic. Uh, the the team that was number one going into the Prowler, the top three Prowler um, uh, competitors, they they were behind up until the very last second. And then a guy named Dan Samrov, uh, I don't know what he's on, but he uh, he got the team um, to come back in the final seconds, push through, and uh, and you know they they ended up taking first overall. So that that was pretty epic. I think that was pretty exciting. Uh, you know, other standouts, you know, we had, a, I think the girl's name was Megan, but she's, she squat uh, 400 or 405, which was pretty ridiculous. Um, you can watch that video on Emotional Game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those two things really stood out to me. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I, I, I got the, I'm the one who put that video together for the Prowler, the Prowler race. And I had to watch it like six or seven times. And dude, seriously? The last to that each time, every time I watched it, I legitimately got goosebumps. 
Like I get goosebumps talking about. It. Like I've been anyone who's been behind a prowler, you can just see the suck on his face, like up close and personal, dude. And then he blasts by. Uh, I think that was Callie, wasn't that Jim R? Jim, uh, yeah, Jim R. Yeah. Poor Jim, but uh, it was, that was amazing. Jim's not going to like this, but he did send me a little Facebook message after the competition, and he said uh, how embarrassed he was that he was falling behind. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, but it's, I mean, uh, you know, it was a max effort thing, and, you know, the, the best team won, so you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, cool, cool. Uh, so we've got Freddie on the on the line here, and uh, maybe we should shift gears and and bring him into the conversation. Freddie, I see that you're hosting a Power Athlete Series out at uh, One World. Yep, September uh, 7th. Can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. There's one coming to Atlanta, too. My team is pretty stoked about it. Um, so tell us about yourself. Let our, our nation know what's up. <laughs> see, I was born a <laughs> poor black sharecropper. Uh. <laughs> nice. No, what do you want to know? What do you want to talk about? Well, hey, Freddie, this is Denny. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to talk to you, man. You're kind of uh, one of the legends in CrossFit. And uh, what was it back in 2010 when you were you were gunning for the games? I followed your blog and uh, I was I was rooting for you, dude. I really wanted to go there and kick some ass. And I know you followed some different programming, but once once that uh, run was over, I remember you posting that uh, you were going to return back to the CrossFit football programming and you were pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, what is it about that programming that that you really like? I mean, does it does it serve your uh, are you are you still working for a SWAT or like yeah, well, I work for Union City Police Department still. Yeah, I'm a, a promoted uh, supervisor position and then I'm still on the SWAT team as a. a assistant team leader on there. So nice. Nice. Does that programming more realistic to like your, you know, your daily endeavors? It is. I, I, uh, I usually what I'll do if, during the game season is I'll fall back into a little bit CrossFit's uh, football for a couple of months just to change it up. You know what I mean? And try and, you know, work, work on your strength and stuff like that. Right now I got China. She programs for me so she uses principles from that principles from things that she's learning from we've learned from john over the years that she's learning from greg and amy now because she's training out at catalyst athletics and uh yeah it's just it's just a great like kind of that off time because you know the crossfit game season is totally different than crossfit football i mean you wouldn't be able to do crossfit football and then just drop right into the games maybe you can some guys can because they can they can just enjoy the suck better than i can but um it's a good like at the end of your game season, kind of like just to change it up. You know what I mean? So, uh, Freddie, what do you think about the Open this year? Uh, the what open do you think? Well, open. I mean, what do you think about the Open generally, I guess? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there anybody that likes it? I don't, I don't know. I, I wish Rich, it was just Rich. like you did five workouts in five days rather than five weeks of five workouts. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like for yeah. me, the Open ends up – it's almost like a vacation from training because uh, we figure I work three days a week and I work a 12 hour and 20, 20 minute shift. Right. And then that's not to mention when I have an extra day of SWAT training or if I get called in for an operation or whatever the case may be. So they announced the workout on what was it? Tuesday night or Wednesday. And then I have to, you have to like, you have to like plan your whole week around the workout and when you're going to do it. So literally there are like weeks where I was only training like two days a week. And one of those days was doing the open. So, uh, it's, it's, it it always kind of throws me for a loop. And then, you know, does anybody like to do lightweight high rep Metcons? I don't, you freaks. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree, Freddie. It definitely dictates the training, uh, for the weeks of the open. I mean, you know, you're, you don't know what's coming up. And so you sort of, uh, you sort of tiptoe around whatever strength training you were doing so that, uh, you don't, uh, you know, uh, ruin your, your chances at doing well at when the open comes out. Yeah. You know, and I, and I only, uh, this year was the first time that I ever did one workout twice. And, uh, that was, you guys saw my first attempt when I was down at, uh, Balboa, um, at the thruster 
just barked up, which that just went all bad. So I had to do it. I had to do it again, and I only improved ten more reps. So I don't even like. I screw it. Next year, I'm not doing any ones twice again ever. But there's so many people in the open now that ten reps could be hundreds of places. That's true. That's true. I mean, very, very one, true. Of, one of my training partners, uh, Caleb Williams, he he went up one rep. He went from like 172 to 173 on that snatch burpee thing, and it moved him something like 170 places. I mean, he didn't qualify for the regionals or anything, but I mean, that's crazy. So that again, I think, is a, a psychological, like I mean, you know, like a mind fuck in the sense that. You know, if could, I should do it again, like Callie was saying, oh, maybe I won't squat tomorrow. I'm going to do the workout again and get, you know, one more rep and then one more rep the next day. And, you know, I don't know. It's like five yeah. weeks of psychological it, torture. I'd rather be it, waterboarded. It kind of mattered for me a little bit. But when I went back and did the math going into the last workout, I was basically like 76 points out of that 20th spot because, you know, for us, it's only one shot in the master's division. We, it's like they only take the top 20 and you go straight to the game. So, yeah. Um, like even if I had finished first in that workout, I still don't, I don't think it would have been, I don't think it mathematically that I could have jumped up those 76 spots. I mean, I finished 27th and they're taking 20, but the difference between the 20 and the 27 was, was, uh, was pretty significant. Yeah. But I mean, so. e- even that, the fact that you did the math, CrossFit just messes with your psychology. Oh yeah, totally, man. You're like looking at last year, imagine last year I finished Last year, I finished the first workout. I was in 80th place. You know, I was all like, oh, my God, I'm never going to come back from that. And then but last year, they threw something a little bit heavier in that yeah. one. Uh, you know, they, they threw something in and something spun into my favor. I just I didn't break the top 10 in any workout this year. So that really uh, that really paid. But the fact the problem is, you know, I'm, I keep getting a year older and these 45 year old guys keep staying 45. Those fuckers. <laughs> nice. Are we all going to regionals? Yeah, dude, we uh, so we got a booth for NorCal regionals. Uh, oh no, not, the only we got SoCal and then the Southwest. We're gonna be at. We're gonna check those out. Uh, if if we have the weekend open, we might just come up. We don't have a booth or anything for NorCal, but there's nothing like hanging out with the director of party. Yeah, you know? man. <laughs> I'll still be stressed out because China's in again this year. So. Oh yeah, then we dude, we definitely got to find a way up there. Not many people know this, but Freddie's actually the uh, the only full time employed CrossFit football uh, individual, <laughs> and he's the director of party and director of fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm constantly researching, constantly researching, <laughs> <laughs> doing testing, R and D, research and development. No. Yeah, well, Freddie, Freddie, you know we're going to Vegas this weekend for a cert, right? We might need you so, to do some R and D. I would like so, so go to Vegas this weekend, but uh, China's lifting in a meet Saturday. I also have a seminar, the um, an SMR seminar that's going on this weekend. So unfortunately, I can't go R&D in Vegas. Bummer. That's uh, all right. That's all right. Well, we will we'll manage, I think. Make sure you guys go to Red Square. I love that place. Vodka bar. Yummy. Mm. Uh, my liver is my liver is shuddering right now. <laughs> So uh, what else? What else is up, Freddie? What are you no, gonna do? Since the games is over. What's your training gonna look like? It's funny. It's like the games are over for me already. You know what I mean? So it's like I had that one wake up moment where I was like, "Cause like normally now I'm starting to think about how to get ready for the games, and now I'm just like, I'm like, shit. Now what? You know what I mean? It's it literally is like, except for 2010 when uh, when China made the game, so I was still there, but I've been in every game since it started. You know. <laughs> So now I'm like, I had, it was so weird. Like the day after that, the open was over. I had to work that Monday and, uh, I freaking walked in the gym and, and I had a bad year. So like, just my like training is really tough after work, but I went into the gym after work and I was like, damn, this is cool. I don't have any freaking pressure right now. You know what I mean? So right now I just want to have fun with my training again. I need to get back into, into having fun. Cause I didn't, I really didn't have a good year. I worked six months of a uh, night shift and uh, training during night shifts, working night shift, even on my days off, it was just horrible. So I, I had a really, really bad six months. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to making my training fun again. Um, going to start, you know, pounding the weights, put on some strength again, some size. I'm getting to that point right now where I'm, I'm a little bit older and I don't want to put all the, the wear and tear on my knees and stuff like that. So 
I'm thinking I don't need to have a 500 pound squat anymore, but a 400 pound squat works for me. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So, uh, um, yeah, I just got to play around and have fun. That's what my training is going to look like again. And I'm even thinking about maybe doing some local competition, something that I was kind of adamantly against before. Um, but I just need to make it fun again. And that's what my goal is this year. Why were you uh, adamantly against it? Just out of curiosity. I, just because I, some, you know how it is, man, you go to some of these events and, and I'm not meaning to talk shit about anybody or what they do, but like they the workload is just like, it destroys you. And then your training is wrecked for at least a couple of days or more sure. longer, or you risk sure. injury or something like that. And, and some crazy things happen at these things. And I mean, you guys know how it is. You like, it's even crazier down at SoCal. There's so many damn gyms down there. But, uh, so I was always like, I always did the, um, TJ's gym, the knockout. <laughs> master's thing and then uh, i did the diamond and the tough for the pro anis guys as they're sponsoring me um but i think i might just get into some more of the local ones like maybe some team ones just just have fun you know what i mean Live, do the do the workouts drink the beer have a good time awesome yeah that seems that seems like a good plan getting back to having fun in your workout right so many people get so serious around the open time and they they lose sight of the fact that it's just exercising right i mean we're like trying to get fit and badass, but we shouldn't be still having fun with it. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And it's like there you can, and China can attest to it because she saw it firsthand. They were just like my motivation or trying to work out, especially those six months when I was working nights was just, it was all bad, all bad. Yeah, I bet it was. You know, we talk a lot about that on the radio about how sleep is so important. And last episode, we talked about travel. And I mean, one of the things that travel does for me, even if I'm just traveling one or two time zones, is it jacks up my sleep. And then I, you know, I go into the gym and it's like, sure, I can do whatever I did yesterday, but sleep disturbance is just horrible for your work capacity in any domain as far as I'm concerned. I recommend napping in the sun at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pool is for. That's what the pool is for. It's the summertime now, man. I'll be down I'll be in the sun a lot. I like to work I even like to work out in the sun sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely some vitamin D. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for summer break. College mm. <laughs> hit the pool. <laughs> good to be a professor hey so i think i gotta tell you guys about the story when i met john uh, yeah would you guys be interested in hearing about our my first meeting with john wellborn <laughs> yeah, <awesome. laughs> story, yeah story story time with freddie come on it's it pretty funny actually because uh i was at the time i was working uh the level one certs with crossfit hq and uh john showed up at the seminar at santa cruz the old uh the original CrossFit HQ box. And um, what year was this, Freddie? Shit, is this 2008? 2008 or 2000? It had to have been 2008. I'm thinking 2008. But uh, he, well, he's still playing or he's just finishing up playing. So I didn't know who he was and nobody said anything about him playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, you're all probably familiar with the level one system. You know, they do the breakout groups and there's one that's squat group. And then there's the, the push, you know, and everything's with PVC pipe. And uh, I get John in my group. I think, I believe it was for the press series. So uh, we here's this guy that's just like, three times my size holding this little tiny PVC pipe, you know, it just, which just looked awkward anyway and weird. And uh, so I'm walking around the group and I'm doing my thing and I, and I was saying something about like uh, about him being muscular or big. Right. And I go up to him and I, I pat him on his chest and I'm like, this guy right here, you know, he's obviously pounded a lot of weights and I start to turn around and he's all, I've never lifted a weight in my life. <laughs> I didn't know who he was and I was all, I just turned around I didn't even know what to say I'm like wow that guy's just freaking huge and he's never lifted weights in his life and uh, it totally like kind of threw him off my whole game for a few minutes and uh, recovered and we finished and then later on by the end of the day they uh, they had me interview him for um, you know those CrossFit videos that they do and did you get anybody ever see that video of me and John at the first cert at his first cert yeah I've I seen it yeah so I ended up interviewing him and, and then uh, I don't know man we just just became good friends ever since and it's a good guy it's been good times Freddie, do you think you could uh they, they probably still have that video posted don't they i have no idea i don't i don't know where you even i know they have a lot of videos that they transferred over to youtube but uh i, I don't know if it's there or not i don't, I don't have it so i'll have to go digging man maybe i can uh 
maybe I can dig that up and we can post that on, on the podcast, like notes. It's a pretty funny video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of funny videos back in the day. It was like, CrossFit is, a, it's, and I understand that they have to just because there's so many people now, but uh, it's definitely a lot more serious now, a little bit more serious. Well, yeah, dude. They, I mean, you think of just the sheer volume of people that you, that go through that seminar and the amount of support that you need, uh, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, we've, we've upped our volume of seminars and tried to bring on a couple of seminar staff and Callie and our other coach tax. And it's like a significant undertaking. And uh, I know Denny was in the pool for that for a little bit too, but how many, how many level one flow masters do they have now that, and then how many level one coaches like, yeah, how many, you got to look at how many, I think they did like, there was like a dozen seminars last week, all sold out. Yeah. Like if you go you know, every, every Sunday night, they post the picture of all the seminars or Monday night or whatever night it is. And I, I just happened to glance at it Sunday and, uh, I was just like, holy smokes, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, in terms of like operational efficiency and repeatable and sustainable practices to get that thing to that point and handle that scale, it like what you're saying is, you know, it's unfortunate because you lose a little bit of the personality because you got to make it more cookie cutter just so you can handle that volume, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I haven't been to a level one since they started doing the test, but I, I heard that uh, it's a lot more formal than it used to be just because yeah, they had to cover the material for the test and stuff, which I totally understand that. You know, you that's know? what, go Kelly. Uh, you know what cert is is not lacking personality? Uh, let me guess. Hey, to my to this day, I will <laughs> say and always say that the uh, and I'm a little biased, maybe, but it's the the CrossFit football cert seminar. It, it's still by far the best thing I've ever attended, and I've I've been to pretty much all the specialty seminars. So, hey, Freddie, maybe you can convince uh, Steve Steve to, to go uh, then. You're coming he to Savannah, Callie. Leave me alone. <laughs> Freddie, they rag on me because they haven't been in the Atlanta area in a while. And so they're coming to Savannah. Relax. Get off my back. <laughs> Somebody break your leg, Steve. You can't make it to another serve. I have a two-year-old. Just bring him with. <laughs> bring him with. Actually, it's funny. He goes out in the garage and um the other day I was power cleaning and my wife was doing something in the house. So he was like, I just told him like stand back. So you lift the weight, you throw it down. So he grabbed these little two and a half pound plastic dumbbells and he picks them up and he's like and all he wants to do is just throw them on the ground he comes within like a millimeter of his toe every fucking time so yeah dude. he's like a little power athlete in training this next generation of <laughs> like kids it. that are raised in crossfit gyms or in garage gyms i'm so curious to see like how does that pan out over the long term you know if you're from the age of one to ten like john's kids are like they just wander around the gym and like chew on weights and stuff like that <laughs> you know are, are these gonna be turn into like these phenomenal athletes just because they have that foundation of uh you know fitness and stuff like that it's gonna be interesting yeah. yes they will yes they're, they're rebellion hey, they're, instead they're, of doing drugs they're gonna do uh ellipticals yeah exactly <laughs> yeah the, the, the good thing is that whatever happens to them athletically at least that kind of upbringing, they won't be in the back of my squad car ever, which is cool. Right. For the most That's, part. <laughs> never say never, Freddie. What's Aww. that? Never say never, dude. Well, I'm talking about John's kids. I'm talking about, uh, the, you know, the rest of the hellions running around. Yeah. He's, he's, he's car, talking right? about my kid. Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, hey, but that's an interesting question. Has CrossFit football, sir, power athlete, sir, ever thought about, like, do you guys, do kids show up? Um, yeah, we've had a few. We've had a few teenagers, I feel like. Let me let me back up. Here's the reason I ask is because when I have, like, young kids in the neighborhood who are walking home from the bus and they're like, they come up like, what are you doing? I'm like, lifting weights. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh. I'm like, all right, well, come on. Go get shorts on and come train with me. The The, the rationale I use to train for them is the basic movements, right? Get a big squat, learn how to deadlift, learn how to press, bench and overhead press, and then, you know, agility moves so that their joints are safe when they go into gym class or they try out for the football squad or the lacrosse squad or whatever it is. I mean, I mean, I basically use the CrossFit football template to set up something for these kids so they can get a little bit stronger and faster and then go do whatever the hell they want to do. I mean, is there something like a CrossFit football kid cert in the make? Uh, I mean, I wish it was – I wish we could – you know, kids are just little people, you know, so like the same 
the same philosophies really apply. <laughs> the only the only difference is they you know uh, you have a much more ripened central nervous system, and you're going to be able to uh, like tap into that and co- create quality movement. So it's more about not necessarily stressing. I mean, it's as much about stressing the, the nervous system in terms of loading these kids up with weights, uh, just as much as it is enforcing quality movement and building posture because that that type of thing is going to stick with them forever and we talk about it at the cert steve you wouldn't know you haven't been one but um uh, we talk about it all the time that the best athletes on regardless of the arena of battle tend to have the best posture and uh they tend to move the best in space you know yeah. But it's also it's also about keeping it fun, too. And we talk about that in the cert, you know, um, it, almost distracting them from the things that they might be le- learning or their, the motor skills they might be learning. But, uh, you know, just keeping them engaged and interested in what they're doing. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hey, I'll take cool. it one step further where uh, I don't think it's just like kids. Uh, for those of us that own gyms, especially in my area, I'm getting a lot of people that have never done anything athletic in their whole life. So it's just like you're dealing with them as children. Um, and our big focus for us is, uh, the big focus on our gym is, is the basic strength is basically we follow the CrossFit amateur football, um, strength template. And then the, the condition is secondary. I mean, conditioning, you can, you can mice condition on their little wheels inside of their cage. You know what I mean? So anybody, can condition, there's, there's nothing special about conditioning, but the focus needs to be on a strength. So, uh, for our gym, the, uh, the, the, the template that we use for the strength is everybody just loves it. We, we don't do any one rep maxes except for a quarterly. Um, and they PR like crazy and everybody's just really happy with it. So, you know, he's right. Kids are just little people and, and you're dealing with people now that are coming to your gym without the athletic background. It's just like their kids. So, yeah, Freddie, you make a you make a great point because there is definitely a difference between chronological age and training age, um, you know, untapped, you know, central nervous systems that, uh, you know, have the ability to to, you know, make great gains no matter what age you are. Yeah. You know, I've seen that as well with our kids classes um they're they're following a linear progression the uh you know the basic amateur progression or uh amateur template in crossfit football um they they have fun with that uh we shy away from maxing them out too and and we're talking like 12 12 13 year olds and uh every you know the the amateur template for that is just fabulous and they're having fun with it. We've seen great gains and I think it's, you know, definitely, definitely a good place to start. And as they, you know, get older, get, you know, especially cause in our area, there's uh, like the three of the local high schools or grade schools. I think one of them has a gym class, you know, the other ones totally dropped their gym class. And I know that's a big issue in the area. And it's like, these kids are, getting any kind of, uh, you know, any, any kind of athletic exercise or weight training at all. So when they come into our gym, they're just like sponges, you know, and they love it. And we, uh, we, we got a few of the people on the, um, the parents like community board, you know, trying to raise the issue with these, um, schools to get gym class back. But I know they feel pretty fortunate to come in and do some weight training. That's awesome. So to answer your question, Steve, directly, no, we don't have a CrossFit football for kids, but we talk about training youth athletes at the CERT. Um, I mean, that's that's the prime age, man. It's, it's uh, I guess that's not to say that there are certain considerations, you know, if, but like Ali said, you know, if you can take a, a, peek, a peek at the athlete in terms of training age, training age of zero is a training age of zero, regardless for any athlete that walks through your door. So you can kind of treat them all the same. And that's like at our gym, that's how we onboard people. We always get we always get people that are like, hey, no, I've been doing CrossFit for two years. And we're like, well, as soon as you walk through our doors, you haven't done CrossFit Balboa for any years. You know, so we're going to start you at zero and see how fast you age, so to speak. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. I was just curious because, I mean, it, it seems it seems like what Freddie says that, you know, keeping it fun and keeping it simple based on strength. People, when people PR at my gym, you would think that they won the lottery. 
I mean, yeah, dude. you know, somebody comes in and they're like, I'm afraid to squat. And then six months later, they PR their squat and it's on their Facebook page. You know, their grandmothers found out, like learned what a back squat was. And you're like, that's crazy. And it's fun. And they're smiling and they come back. And it's it's just awesome to see them going from like what looks like a good morning to a real squat. And, you know, their movement is getting better and they're getting stronger and they're seeing the results. It's So it makes sense to think like training age of zero is training age of zero independent of whether, you know, chronological age. Yeah. I like that. So, cool. uh, uh, hey, can I ask a question here? Um, one of the oh. comments on the CrossFit football uh board, blog, forum, wherever we post our results to, um, talked about something called the back attack program. And I knew uh, this was coming up. So, and I was wondering if Freddie had heard of this or, um, or if you guys could talk about the back attack program, what it's for, what it entailed, why I did like six other people right in there. Like you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, if I don't want to know, then I'm going to, I'll stay clear. Cause I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so last year, about this time, we tested out a kind of a, a CrossFit football variation of the Westside Method. And it was after our Bulgarian stint that I think we've talked about on the earlier earlier podcast. And Ben, bet we were doing a lot of front squatting, and Ben kept breaking in his upper back. He just had a weak upper back. And... We were doing pull-ups for days. Ben can do pull-ups for days. We are doing manual resistance pull-ups, and we just couldn't get his upper back to to strengthen up. So what we tried is something we called back attack. And it was every Wednesday, we would go through our, you know, whatever the program called for, and our accessory work, so to speak, was all sorts of loaded rep max uh, flexion and thoracic flexion and extension. It was brutal. And, like, uh Everything below your neck, like to your tailbone, would just be lit up. And we'd do isometric stuff. We'd get on a safety bar and do like loaded, bent back, good mornings, and like all this crazy shit that John thought about uh, in terms of strengthening Ben's upper back. And I, I honestly can't remember whether or not it worked. All I remember is how fucking sore we were for like five days. Like you couldn't twist or rotate. You walked around like Frankenstein, but uh, you could, you would like, I'd never felt something like that. We just called it back attack. <laughs> it, was, it was like 40 minutes of just straight isometric work or uh, flexion extension of that upper back. Oh, but one thing, I mean, so the disclaimer there, one thing you got to consider is, you know, we're all Ben, Nate, John, and I are all, relatively advanced athletes in terms of training experience. So I wouldn't, if anyone hears this and like, Oh, I'm going to do back attack. Like, dude, be careful or just don't do it. We say, uh, you know, if your back's not breaking in terms of your squats, just keep on squatting. Cause that's a way to strengthen it. Keep doing strict pull-ups, working on scapular depression. At the end of the day, we find that that's enough. We were just trying to take it to the next level and dude, like back attack. Like I could still just, it was awful. <laughs> Sounds horrible. I won't be able to hold up my beer. Hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> guys, I got to cut out. You know, I got to get over to the gym by twelve o'clock. All right, sounds good, dude. So, do uh, do we want to just kind of drop off ready, and then we can pop off a couple of questions on uh, Denny's outline here? Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Freddie, thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, man. It was good times. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, buddy. Bye, right, Freddie. Bye. Bye. See you later. All right, later, man. That guy's cool. Yeah, he was cool. If he still I'm not, and I know I should have asked him this, but I think he he's one of the few that have like a "Go fuck yourself" shirt, right, Luke? I mean, isn't I've, that a, isn't that like a reward for doing the the Tabata three fifteen? If you can get fifty or more reps, yeah, that was that was the challenge. But uh, yeah, those are there's I think like twenty or so shirts in circulation. A uh, few have been earned through that method and if you've just been earned through uh i guess exemplary acts of awesomeness oh so there are other ways there are other ways to get your hands on one of those kind of shirts so 50 reps on the 315 challenge yeah that's what i remember and that was uh you know i think that's been a couple years now if you can get 50 plus reps. It's got to be bigger than that because I'm almost 40 and I can get more than 50. Oh, bullshit. Film it. Let's see it. Okay. I'll do it. 
Well, balls. I know you got pretty close on what was it that they came out a couple weeks ago on a Saturday. I know yeah. you were pretty close, Steve. Weren't you? You were in the upper forties though. I did it after an open wad and after a uh, max clean. That's right. Yeah, of, I'll tell you what, Steve. A lot of people can get forty-eight. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I think even Callie can get forty-eight at three fifteen. Uh, forty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about bench, right? Yeah. Right. Nice. I should have uh, kept my mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> but here we go. It's on now. Um, all right. So where are we at? We're, we talked about back attack. Um, what about ballistic pull-ups? What's the idea behind ballistic pull-ups? John gave an, uh, like a uh, description of how to do it, but maybe not a rationale. Uh, it, you know, it's going to be something – it's not something that we've tested out. I know John just got a – it was just his birthday the other week and we got him all sorts of training books like great these russian training manuals that you had to dust off from like this weird archive and have a you know a weird guy with a mustache and ponytail pull them out but uh i have a feeling it's it's an influence of something out of those books and uh we've actually all been on kind of separate islands this week so i'm what we'll have to do is uh get to him but i know if i if i had to guess it's it's a concept i mean when we talked about at the start about compensatory acceleration and always accelerating having a positive acceleration on any of your power lifts you know whether you're squatting benching or deadlifting you know if acceleration is zero and velocity is constant then we're not eliciting the same training effect that we're looking for to optimize your power output Right. I have a feeling that that's kind of the same concept here is we're in this vertical pull. And what we're trying to do is uh, start from a dead hang uh, and just accelerate through that whole range of motion. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it seems like. Right. I mean, it just seems like what you said, an accelerated um, contraction. So cool. But uh, let me. What we'll do is we'll get John on next week and uh, have him nerd out on that. You know, he's a huge geek with that stuff. <laughs> Not John. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, what was the other one, Denny? Oh, oh. Well, Seal I mean, fit. we could. Yeah, that was. Some of the people on the blog were questioning if anybody had tried uh, Seal Fit and their experience with it, as compared to CrossFit football. And, and somebody had chimed in uh, who is like a current soldier. You know, I, I can't exactly remember the details, but he had said that that like the seal fit program looks great from the outside as far as like an image to, of what people see like a, a special forces individual, like, the, you know, uh, his capacity. And he's saying that the CrossFit football programming is actually more realistic to what they're doing, you know, that what a special forces uh, operator would be doing. And I know Luke kind of, you talked about that in a, could have been episode one or two um, when we were talking about some soldiers, you know, if you knew of any soldiers, what kind of feedback you get from them. And uh, I guess Freddie would have been a good one to ask that. Right. I mean, he's kind of, he's close to that. Uh, you know, with his, his SWAT background, as far as, you know, is, is that huge two, three hour long workouts more, you know, more towards uh, more realistic for him, or is it the shorter 15 minute or under Metcon and the strength elements and uh, mobility more realistic? You know, I would assume it would be the latter. Yeah. Cause you're not going to, you know, in any kind of a situation like that, I mean, shit's going to go down fast and, you know, you're not going to be doing anything constant for three hours. So yeah, I, well, you know, I mean, do you guys think, agree with that or what? Well, so here's the thing, you know, in terms of operational stress and uh, training for operations, it's uh, we've heard that the training philosophy behind CrossFit football with some adjustments is more conducive to that. Uh, but when you're talking about buds and training and stuff like that, then, I mean, that's that's the psychology of, you know, the training psychology behind uh, weeding out the weak, the weak-minded and the weak individuals, you know. So that's why you see a lot more volume in terms of that type of stuff. 
but you know that's yeah. the feedback we've heard all right cool all yeah, right cool. i think that's generally like uh the impression i know a buddy of mine and i we tried some of the seal fit one summer and um because you know being off in the summer, you've got basically all day, like I got to like mow the lawn and then I work out, you know? Um, and it just was, it was just too much and too long and it wasn't fun. It just lost its fun after like three days. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you honestly, like, and this isn't me, I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but I've been back on CrossFit football for, I guess a couple months now. I don't even know when I came back from my little infidelity and, um, (laughs) I'm back. I feel like I'm, I feel like one, I'm back home. I I look forward to my workouts now. Um, I, uh, I, I like, I'm like stoked about my workouts and just this week on at least a half a dozen occasions, I've had people say to me that I look jacked or beefy and I'm like, beefy. it's where I know beefy. I don't know if beefy is a compliment or not, but I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and interpret it that way. I mean, I can feel it too. Like my shorts don't fit right anymore. You know, I mean, it's like, What's happening here? So that's I mean, a good feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling, you know. And like your t-shirts get a little bit tighter, and you're like, "Gosh, like, am I that guy now?" You know. And so I think it's a great program, and I think it's so applicable to all different professions, not just not just the operators, but the short burst. It just has such a an adaptational quality to it. I think Seal Fit is. Um, and I'm not, nothing against, I'm not bashing seal fit. I think it's a, a cool program for people who can handle it, but I think there's, there are a select few people who can handle that. I mean, like to go for a three or four mile run at the end of two and a half hours of straight work that like long grueling Metcons, like triple friends. I mean, seems to me detrimental to, uh, you know, to compare seal fit and crusted football is almost apples and oranges you know, uh, endurance versus a strength bias type of thing. Right. Um, so I think that kind of came out on the boards too, from people like myself who sort of commented and some other people. And then I do remember that guy in the military saying, you know, from his impression, it's uh, CrossFit football seems much more conducive to what he does. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you, Steve. Like I'm not bashing anything. And, uh, right. you know, there's, there's something to be said about, shared suffering and uh enduring kind of those those longer metcons and lots of volume in certain stints but uh what we know in terms of physiology is the ex- extended exposure to that long kind of uh submaximal high volume deal can lead in can get you into some problems yeah and i, I think I, I mean maybe we'll just close on this comment with this conversation and move on to some of the submissions uh the questions from the users but you know one of the good things that i took away from being on seal fit is uh the guy who runs it mark divine um he i think he's an ex-seal and um he writes a lot about the mental game as well and like yeah. you said suffering right and so how to deal with uh, what, what they call basically forging mental toughness and being able to embrace the suck and being able to, um, you know, forge ahead. And I'm, I, I took some of that stuff away from that program. And so, I mean, you know, even if the program isn't what you're looking for or doesn't benefit you, I mean, there's always something to be taken away as long as you, you keep your eyes open. Yeah, for sure. And, and Hey, just as uh, before we close, I, I sent out, uh, uh, a distress signal to, to John on the bat home. And uh, here's what he came back with. He said uh, he, he was watching people train and he's sick of seeing people do strict pull-ups uh, in these slow and controlled manner. And he says, if you want to get something ballistic, then you re- you know, you resort to the violent hip extension. So you're actually negating the vertical pull portion of the movement. So uh, we say it at our seminar, you know, you, you want to be fast, you got to train fast. You want to be powerful, you got to train fast. So like train fast, be fast. Train slow, be slow. Mm. So, uh, you know, he, he closes it with speed is good, even in pull-ups. Uh, so as long as you can retain a retracted depressed scapula uh, and you're going after your strict pull-ups, they should be fast and they should be ballistic. And, uh, you know, for him, he said that they really should go without saying, but now he's going to start programming, programming them as such. So it um, seems like that should go without saying then maybe for any exercise. Uh, assuming you're the, you know, assuming the training response you're looking for is speed, fast movement. And we talk about kind of the, the order of operations of that, you know, first you have to establish good positioning and good stability. Once you're stable and strong, then we're going to add speed. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
assuming you can keep good positioning on your strict pull-up, you should always be trying to accelerate through the movement. And that's the same concept with, um, you know, with squats on light squat days. If you see a, uh, a volume squat day program, let's say you're on a collegiate template and it's like, you know, 80% of your five RM or something, you know, something light and you're doing doubles, like you should be moving as fast as you can. Right. In, in as a controlled manner as you can. And, uh, and I guess, you know, the same goes for your, for your overhead pulls. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks to John. That's awesome. Um, makes more sense. Yeah. Right. At first I was like, what am I looking at? Is it just like a fast chest to bar? You know I mean? I could kind of, I could kind of sense what, where John was going, but it just wasn't clear. And now that just kind of totally makes sense. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I did them before I logged on and, um, exactly like, uh, it was described in the video and it, and it really is like a fast, strict chest to bar because you pull so powerfully that you, I would, I felt like now I kind of have to, cause I'm in my garage. I've hit my head so many times on my ceiling, but I have to almost stop myself at chin above the bar. I mean, I was hitting my chest on the bar just because I was accelerating. So it, it's such a different movement. And just, it, it felt, it, it felt cool. Actually. It felt amazing. And I don't do my, my strict, uh, my strict pull-ups very slow. Cause I just, I've, I've, I ditched the slow training, you know, several years ago when I realized that that's what bodybuilders do. And it seems like it's not what I want to do. Yeah. And I mean, it, it good on people who see results from that type of deal. But again, the looking glass we peer through when we program cross your football, I mean, you're programming the movement, but it's also how you complete the movement. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I've said it a couple times already, but you want to be fast. You have to train fast. You want to yeah. be powerful. You have to add speed to your movement. I love it. Danny, we got some uh, questions here. We do. Uh, we got a couple uh, looks like the first one is from Jackson Brower. Brower. Uh, he, I think he emailed us to Callie, and uh, in our email communications, um, she had she had sent this out to all of us. But it was uh, he writes that he's a 19 year old, a freshman in college, and he's always hungry. Uh, all in caps. Uh, he says, but seriously, I CrossFit at CrossFit Aberdeen in Scotland, and I tried to avoid going secret squirrel and adding in extra strength from the CrossFit football site. Uh, he's had tons of progress and he likes to eat clean. I'm usually up at 4.30 every morning and training to hit the box, but I get some solid sleep. When I eat a ton, it's always very protein and fatty with tons of nuts or coconut oils and such, but still nothing seems to satisfy my hunger. So I, you know, from what I get of that, um, it seems like he's trying to eat healthy. Uh, I know when people say they eat a ton, they, that can kind of be an exaggeration. Uh, yeah, dude. You know, from what I know of that, and I'm not an expert in nutrition, but I know if if you don't get enough protein in your meals, you're going to feel hungry. Right. I mean, it, I think uh, the, in, the higher protein in your meals kind of like elicits this hormone response to kind of tell your body that, Hey, you're, you know, you're, you're cool, you're full. But if, um, where the opposite would be, if you eat, um, instead of like protein, carbs, and fats, if your meal consists mostly of fat, you're going to feel full, you know, and you're not going to want to, uh, eat another meal for a few hours. Yeah. What's tricky about this question is, you know, and this is goes for future, future submitters. Like tell us, give us an example of what you're eating per day. Like, uh, I, I know people who think they eat a ton, but at the end of the day, like I'll tell you, I eat a ton and I'm not kidding. Like I eat pounds and pounds of food, uh, when I'm training and when I'm not training, I eat pounds of food. Like I don't cook my uh, I don't cook my ground beef with one package. I have to get three package. I have an oversized skillet because, you know, we eat a ton. So I, I guess my answer to the dude, and and this isn't like a super, I'm not going to add something very wise, but let, eat more. If you're hungry, then eat more. You know, cook more food, make it happen. 
That's exactly right. And um, that that was my response when I saw this sent across the email is that uh, here's the thing. If you're eating, your body is telling you something. And it could be that you're not eating enough. Could be that you're eating the wrong stuff at the wrong time. Your training is not being sufficiently fueled by your eating. I mean, you know, sometimes we overthink these things so much, but Here's the deal. If you're if, <laughs> no way. if you're not living off of like fucking Starbucks, cr- like crappuccinos and bagels, then then you're not eating enough. And my question would be: Imagine if you're making gains, and and uh, Jackson says that he's making great gains. Again, very vague. Uh, you know, great gains in like I put a hundred pounds on my back squat in one month, or great gains in terms of I put ten pounds on my back squat in one year. Gains are relative, so give us some information. Um, and you know, the thing about it is, if you eat more, could your gains actually be more, right? And um, so I think it's it's uh, if you're hungry, eat. I mean, come on, we're training hard. Got to fuel the machine. Yeah, and then you know, at the end of the day, it can be uh, it can be a pain. I remember. Dude, I was the weird guy at my old job who, uh, like, I would bring in one-pound bags of vegetables and, like, these huge Tupperware of, like, ground beef and, and boiled chicken and stuff. And, like, right. like, do you eat all of that? And I'm like, yes, I do. And they're like, you're, you know, you're going to gain weight. But, you know, I was the most – I was, like, you know, a fit-looking dude in corporate America with a bunch of – like uh, really metabolically deranged individuals who just worked too much, didn't sleep enough, and didn't eat enough. You know, and yeah, yeah, bro. You I know, came from that world as well. I was in the yeah. corporate world for a few years, sitting behind a desk, and they would kind of joke at me, call me Tupperware man. You know why? <laughs> their their breakfast consisted of like a cup of coffee and a donut. You know, and yeah. here, you know what? I found this guy's email. He followed up on the email, and what? Uh, He's saying is it's more like when I'm hungry and I eat, nothing fills me. And he's inter. Yeah, he's you know, that's what I'm interested to find out and what y'all's opinion was, you know, and if you could give me some advice on it, like if it's unhealthy. And then Callie responded that it's a tapeworm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tapeworm, go to the doctor. No tapeworm, go to the doctor. But, you know, it just. If you're eating and it's and you don't feel full, I mean, there I, could be a couple of things going on, right? I mean, like, you know, I would if if he seriously is eating a lot and he's eating relatively quality food. I mean, I know Callie's comment was a joke about a tape, right? But there are other things like nutritional extraction. I mean, maybe his gut uh, uh, bacteria are jacked up. Maybe he needs a probiotic. Maybe what he's eating is going in one end and out the other. You know, I mean, so I think. For somebody like that, that's maybe really dialed in, um, you know, assuming he's really dialed in. Uh, well, he's know, 19. He's 19. He's 19 and he knows his metabolism is just freaking oh, through the roof, I mean, you know. But yeah. is he eating, you know, protein, carbs and fats? Is it a healthy balance at every meal? You know, so maybe, maybe we could uh, we'll get back to Jackson or he could have him post on comments. Jackson, you could listen to this dude. Just post in the comments. We'll stir up some discussion. Uh we just need a little more, a uh, little more info on what exactly you're eating, how much, when, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm with you guys. I mean, like eating, eating power athlete diet is, uh, weird for other people. I walked into a faculty meeting the other day with a bag full of a pound and a half of bacon. And, you know, just like your, your colleagues, you know, my, my people were like, is that, is that bacon? And of course they all wanted some, but they were like, well, I, I you know, I'm trying to watch my weight. And I was like, yeah, I'm right. trying to watch my weight go up. So, I mean, it's weird, but you just have to eat. It's it's and it's not fun. I mean, I lo- I mean, everyone loves bacon. Everyone loves sweet potatoes, but sometimes you just have to force yourself. You're full. You got to feed the you got to feed the machine. You got to get those calories up. I know I've I've been I'm right now I'm probably averaging about 5,000 calories and uh put on a few pounds and all my numbers have increased. You know, I'm kind of gearing up for the team series to really give it a go. And, um, you know, that's a half a gallon of raw milk a day. You know, there's an extra thousand plus and about, you know, something back at the cert I remember John telling me about is like drinking olive oil. You know, you 
I can drink a quarter cup of olive oil and that's 1100 calories right there off from like, you know, the, the unsaturated fats, like the vegetable fats. And I go in there and just kick ass, you know, and then you throw in like three good, healthy meals and then some snacks you know, eating like every three hours. It's like a full-time and that's like job. a recipe to kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've been, I've been gearing up. I got the power athlete series on May 4th here in Atlanta. And then this Saturday I've got my first ever powerlifting meet. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Powerlift for pink. It's for uh, a local cancer charity called paint Georgia pink. I have no idea what I'm going to hit. My bench numbers are going to be pathetic because my shoulders are jacked up, but hopefully it should be going to pull 600. You're going to do your 600 pound deadlift. I'm going to open at 550 and see how I feel. Um, I mean, 550 is like an everyday lift. Right. And so yeah. if I can get to six, that'd be nice. Nice. Um, so we'll what see. about your squat, dude? I saw you posted like my squat you're is, squatting like every day. Yeah. So I start, I did this thing. I, I was trying to like force my body to get used to having a good, like heavy weight on me at all times. And so, um, basically what I would do is I'd either do the CF football programming squats or on the alternative days, including rest days, I would just squat to something over 90% of my front squat, box squat, or back squat. Uh, for 17 days, I did it straight and, uh, I PR'd my back squat, my front squat and my box squat. Um, even though I was fatigued, some days I'd go out there and I would just throw like on the rest day, I'd throw 135 on hit one rep, 225 hit one rep, 315 hit one rep, 385 hit one rep done. I was done that day, but I had a heavy bar on my back. Um, I'll tell you what it's done for me. It's really helped my squat positioning because when you're fatigued, um, it seemed to, it seemed to help. I have, I have a pretty bad squat for whatever reason. And I could blame it on things like femur length or whatever, but it's just cause my, I'm weak. Um, and, uh, it's helped me, it's helped me feel out positioning under heavy loads. What would happen is I would nail my warm up squats, right? They'd be fast, look solid, get to a heavy weight, you know, a three rep max or something. And all of a sudden it would just go to shit. The bar would be like moving on my back and feel unstable. My thoracic spine would collapse. And so it's really taught me a lot about T-spine, uh, stability in that position under heavy load. I've stopped this week because I've got the powerlifting meet on Saturday, but I really enjoyed it. Actually, when I came off it, I kind of, I kind of missed it. And, um, you know, theoretically it's supposed to knock your testosterone down, but I mean, you know, I don't need to reveal any personal information, but my wife doesn't like the program very much. I feel like my testosterone (laughs) has gone through the fucking roof. (laughs) Now, Steve, did John get in touch with you on that? No, he didn't. He was gonna he was gonna get a little clarity and give you some guidance, but it sounds like you're all right. Uh, the, you you got to be careful with those percentages in terms of uh, a global matrix when we because that's what we learned out of the Bulgarian template is uh, John had the best success because he didn't use the percentages. He used the daily matrix. Yeah, no, that's actually what I did too. I um, it ended up when I went back and did the math, I was at ninety percent of. On any given day, I was at 90% of my best, but what I was doing was going for a daily, um, I think what uh, Zatsiorski calls like the uh, the daily one rep max, TFM, um, sort of like the max for the day, as opposed to going at maybe the yes. max for like all-time competition yeah. max. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. And that, that, that's what I went after because, you know, I'm old, right? I'm almost 40 years old and I can't go out necessarily and hit my one rep max every day. So I just kind of, I kind of felt it out the other day. I mean, I, I hit a PR back squat and box squat. And so, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's kind of what we learned from our experience or Ben and I and Nate learned the hard way. You know, and uh, we established the concept that, you know, you have to be very creative in in using these global percentages and train more on a daily matrix. And you tend to see a, a lot more, a lot more success out of that. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I noticed is that I felt that I was uh, we were, you know, we were talking before about speed. I felt faster. So weights that would maybe typically slow me down when I went off a daily uh, max or a daily matrix, I felt faster out of the bottom. I felt more solid. I didn't feel like I was like worried about my T-spine collapsing or anything like that. I just felt more solid, fast, down, up, racked it, 
And on those rest days, I didn't spend too much time. You know, one of the rest days I went into, and Ingo razzed me on the board because I went into Gold's Gym with my wife. My wife goes to Gold's Gym to do like some classes and shit. And uh, I just hit a couple of front squats and then like walked on the treadmill, you know, waited for her to get out of her class. But it's just the kind of thing that was like, it, it was an it was a experiment. I'm always trying to experiment. Not And you know, like I said on the board, not secret squirrel it. Just really for me, you know, what am I training for? And one of the things I'm training for, one of the things I respect in athletes is when they say, you know, how old are you? I'm such and such. I can squat more than 400 pounds. That to me is like, that's legit, right? Like Freddie said, you know, we're getting old. 400 squat is, you know, that's that's pretty good on our, on our joints and bones. So um, that's what I was after, sort of, is just making sure I could get comfortable with that and get comfortable with a heavy weight on my back. It's, it was more of a psychological experiment than a physical experiment. It just turned out that a couple of days I went out there and I felt like shit. And I told myself, um, I read this old article by a guy named James, uh, John Braz, um, what you feel is a lie. And I basically just told myself what I feel is a lie. I don't feel like shit. Put the weight on, put the bar on your back, squat. Those were the days I PR'd. Nice. Yeah, dude, it's, it, there's a ton of merit to that. Like, uh, you know, we like to drop these crazy knowledge bombs. You want to get good at squatting heavy weights? You got to squat heavy weights. That thing. But, uh, hey guys, I got a boogie because uh, Wellborn's actually waiting for me at the gym. Apparently, I you know John likes to put up these uh, impromptu meetings where you got to be there in like five minutes because he's there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, word. So then we'll uh, Power Athlete Radio. I guess we're signing off. Absolutely, yeah, bulldozer. We'll get to your question next episode. And, uh, you know, hope maybe we can get John on, see if, see if we can get John on next time, Lou. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him today. Today was just, uh, it's been a crazy week this week. We'll get, or actually, you know what? He's going on vacation this weekend. So it'll be a couple weeks before he gets back. Right, okay. That's cool. So cool, man. All right. Well, all right, guys, we'll talk to you later. All right. Take care guys. All right. Later.